Hello, everyone. Welcome to Legal Wolf podcast designed to raise awareness for mental health and tackle the stigma around the world. I'm your host, Habiba Samir, and I'm excited to be with David, David Nabwari, president of World Mental Health Forum. Hi, David. Great to have you. Thank you, too, and great to have you, too, Habiba. Um, David, can you tell me about uh, your work in the field of mental health? Yes, uh, before then, let me just use this opportunity to thank our viewers and listeners on your platform that this is one of the opportunities some of us have been envisaging to have. And having you and me, myself, on your platform, uh, congratulations for making this possible. Yes. Uh, I'm David Nabwari, as I earlier on mentioned, and uh, I am a community mental health officer by profession. And also, I am just, uh, I just graduated from my Bachelor of Science in uh, Health Education, majoring in psychiatry from University of Cape Coast, and also the president for World Mental Health Forum, a newly established mental health organization that is ensuring that we look at what we can do around the world. Yes, in perspective, community mental health officers work in the community to ensure that the community's mental health is strengthened and enhanced by working as stigma and providing education to the community at large. So this is virtually what I have been doing. And also as the national president of the association in Ghana, I've had the opportunity to meet a lot of stakeholders in ensuring that we communicate to them between policy and practice what is actually happening. So Habiba and um, our dear listeners, this is in brief what I do in terms of my professional practice. I provide community mental health services, which is uh, home visits, case search, case identification. We also do follow-ups. We also engage in community outreach activities. We also work on stigma and also suicide prevention and substance use disorder prevention. These are the areas that our focus is. We engage the church schools, community at large, traditional centers and what have you. So this is virtually, you know, we want to see that a point that mental health services are provided at the doorstep of the people. You know, it's hard. Poverty and mental illness are very related. Therefore, it's at times difficult for most of our clients or most persons that have mental health problems to commute to the uh, higher facilities for care. So the government's intention and uh, the institution that brought this particular program envisaged that it is necessary that mental health services are provided right at the community, whereby if there is a client who needs crisis intervention, we could intervene there, there, there. So this is what we do as mental health officers, of which I am a part. So thank you very much. And I know as we progress in our discussion, a lot will be made known to our cherished viewers. And this is what I say that we must all cultivate the habit of listening to persons who are working in the area of mental health. And an expert in community mental health, this is all that I tell my community members, listen to us and be able to take something home at the end of the day. Perfect. Oh, and you, uh, your work is making a mental health accessible to community members. Can you tell me how you, uh, you provide that? 
Yes, the provision is in such a way that in all the areas within the community, the health system actually... ...community-based uh, uh, facility and also clinics. So those clinics, the community mental health officers are stationed at those clinics, not like you find them only in the, in the hospitals. So at those clinics, they are mandated to take care of the mental health needs of the people. So when a client is brought and a client have a mental health problem, it is the, the mandate of you, the professional, there to take care of that person and also provide community mental health services at the community. So you're going to move into the community and provide community mental health services, such as home visits, you visit them in their homes to educate them on their mental health. You go to churches, you go to the mosque, you go to schools, you go to the community debates and the traditional centers to educate them. And you also organize community debates for them. So this is basically what we do. And if there is a case that is actually in a crisis state, we are taught how to manage and refer and those that are also treated and they are referred into the community, we take care of them. We are now a liaison between the clients and um, sophisticated facilities, as I can mention, those that are more advanced, that have the psychiatrists and the clinical psychologists to manage advanced cases. So this is virtually what we do, and it's actually helping. Those who are put on medication are just brought and we monitor their uh, take of medication till they are okay, we report on uh, progress and so on and so forth. So this is basically what we do at the community level. Okay, so you try to uh, not only provide uh, services in a traditional sense in hospitals or clinics, but but also in all community sectors, schools, like churches, like mosques. Okay. Um, Precisely. Um, and can you tell me uh, about um, clouds are helping us reach out to uh, I didn't get that mental health clubs 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 are formed and those clubs uh, in the schools help us to educate our community at like because they go out there and they tell the people about the good aspect of the club they also involve the other uh, students or couples that are a part of the school system and not part of the, the, the club. We've selected them from all the schools within town and we get them involved. We provide training for them and they also help us reach out to the larger uh, community. Great. And um, David, can you tell me about uh, your initiative, the World Mental Health Forum? Uh, the mission of, of this initiative? We are looking at, we're working together for a better world. And for working together for a better world, the mental health of a people shouldn't be taken for a wrong. And therefore, as we come in um, to establish this mental health organization, we want to ensure that we bring policy and practice together and see where the gaps are and be able to advise as professionals. Yes, notwithstanding, we want to do more on research also have sophisticated data that we'll be able to lean on to help us plan and budget for mental health. Two, we want to also ensure that the community at large are given the opportunity to have mental health services 
right at the doorstep. So we're going to kind of have some telemental health services, online mental health services. And we've even started a couple of clients. We speak, uh, we organize the programs online for them. They have any stress or any related issue in terms of mental, they call. Then we can spot where the client is and be able to refer you to a facility nearby. We are actually zoning the entire country and also even going beyond the borders of Ghana. So, and this is basically what we do. We also do uh, something like we also want to ensure that a point that mental health on its own can also provide job for the people. Because when you look at our social welfare system, some of our people or some people who have mental illnesses are actually among the poor poor. So we want to look at which government system will help these people get employment, get a job that will sustain them. So we are going to work with governments to ensure that when the common fund comes, the component that is meant for them should be used for them to provide them sustainable jobs. And this is all that we are envisaging. We also want to see how best we can organize international and national conferences so that we bring people together to be able to dialogue on issues of mental health. Then we also want to work on policies that are not helping our mental health situation. Some, some policies like the attempted suicide, laws that we have in some countries, of which Ghana is no exception. Yes, when you look at our criminal offenses code, section 57, clause one and two, when someone wants to commit suicide and the person does not succeed, the person is jailed for a number of years. And we think attempting to commit suicide shouldn't be a jail term, but it should be a term for psychological support or psychological first aid. And we are putting our policymakers, and this is one of our focus areas that we want to look at. So these and many other things you want to look at in terms of World Mental Health Forum, whereby we will have our policymakers understand that mental health is a key component of the health system. In fact, our budget, 1.4% of the health budget is for mental health in Ghana. And I know some other countries will not be different. So we want to see that our policymakers will also appropriate some amount of money so that mental health department can use for the provision of services for the community members at large. So you address very serious issues um, in this initiative uh, about the, the decriminalization uh, of attempted suicide in Ghana and you try to uh, lobby for this uh, initiative and, and how do you reach out for policymakers or and the government in order to uh, to keep the dialogue going or to, to change policies? Can we come again? Uh, yes. Um, so uh, your your initiative addresses uh, very important issues uh, such as uh, decriminalizing attempted suicide in Ghana. Uh, yes. Yeah. And how do you uh, reach out to policymakers in order? Yes. To address these issues. Yes. So what what. Uh, we have done under my leadership is that we have actually worked on um, NGOs that are into mental health and also professional associations that are into mental health. The psychological association, we are reaching out to them. We are talking to some psychiatrists. We are talking to some mental health nurses and mental health officers. We want to sign a petition 
and that petition will be presented to Parliament on the Suicide Prevention Day. And we want to ensure that we organize a virtual conference and we are inviting the Parliamentary Select Committee on Health to join. Then we ask them how they are, they are going to help us decriminalize that part of our laws. And also we want to go to the Supreme Court and also the Attorney General's Department. And a petition is being put together by my team and we are getting this petition to these various stakeholders to ask them that we want this particular aspect of our criminal offenses code decriminalized or amended. And uh, how are they going to do that? Actually, we have put in our measures to get there and we are very optimistic that the engagement is about to start. When the engagement starts, we are readily aware that our policymakers in terms of parliament, the attorney general department, NGOs in mental health, the professional bodies are all rallying behind this particular subject matter. And I know that one thing about the Ghanaian community is that whatever the people want, the policymakers will listen to them. The various uh, tenets that are supposed to be put in place will be made available. Then this issue will be worked on. Actually, the petition will be signed and we will send that petition to them to look at in terms of amendment of our attempted suicide laws in Ghana. It's great that you're working on such a powerful, unnecessary uh, initiative. Um, and can you um, tell me about uh, how this initiative is perceived? So how uh, people are, are talking about uh, attempted suicide in uh, Ghana. Is it, uh, is it yes, thank you very much. Issues of suicide and attempted suicide. Um, I can say that the, 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 the circumstances surrounding these two monsters uh, are not um, good to to actually phantom as a professional because when you look at our setting, a lot of things come to play when it comes to mental health. Most people still associate some issues of mental health as uh, having spiritual orientation or taboos or beliefs of which we are all working in terms of our education. And like uh, suicide and attempted suicide, even when someone uh, attempt suicide, the, the community members don't actually give the person that opportunity to air his or her views. And this is... ...in terms of mental health and suicide, attempt suicide. I can say we still have a long way to go because persons who have their relatives uh, suffering from these particular conditions, actually some delay before they even receive the facility. They think uh, it could be some evil forces, some think it could be some evil forces or it could be their bad deeds and so on and so forth. In fact, they are not actually relating it to the signs um, that is actually behind the cause of mental illnesses and it's a very worrying situation as I speak. So coming to this point, uh, Professionals are working around to ensure that this particular perception of our people is actually reduced to the barest minimum so that we will work at how best can we 
change the status quo in terms of understanding of mental health and also issues of suicide and attempted suicide. In fact, when you look around, it is estimated that in Ghana, over five people died daily uh, by suicide and over thousands attempt suicide daily. But have we ever sat down one day to ask which opportunity are we providing for people who are in this situation? This is the question I do ask uh, policymakers and we professionals whenever I get the opportunity. And when you look at these issues, we are saying that it is time we bridge that gap and be able to work at issues as professionals so that we can address this because the perception to mental illnesses, in fact, um, I can say that is, is actually a, a worrying situation. Um, and we want our policymakers and also the community at large to understand that for mental illness, um, there are a lot of issues or things that bring about mental illnesses and therefore it isn't spiritual causes because science does not back that. Yes, and we want them to understand that it is time we change and it is time we look at how best we can address mental health issues. In fact, even some communities, when you commit or when you die by suicide, you are not to be buried in that community. Yes, it's a taboo. But <laughs> I asked one of the persons that I meet that somebody who has died by suicide, you are still making a taboo for him. Is he there to abide by that taboo? So it's like, it's rather the family members that are subjected to that particular humiliation and so on and so forth. Because even with research, you can understand that out of the 40 seconds, five people attempt suicide, that is the statistics. Then also, when you look at uh, substance use disorder, over 3 million are affected annually. And 10 seconds, someone died by substance use and alcohol-related disorders. So you can see that when you are looking at mental illness, uh, suicide and attempted suicide, all these things I have mentioned at the background are a cause, or they can be a cause of someone attempting suicide. So until we address some of these issues, it will be very difficult that someone may be going through a difficult situation where it could resort to substance use. So, the substance use could even trigger that person going into um, dying by suicide. And there is no single community that we can speak that someone has not died by suicide. I was just making a rough overview. Then somebody said it is true, that I heard this, I heard that. So we are kind of getting a collated uh, tool that we will want to administer to the police department and the community so that when someone dies by that, they can report. Then we, we investigate and research into what actually caused some of these things. Then we can address them subsequently because until you do research and be able to juxtapose your research with what is happening, it will be difficult to address some situations because, in fact, our culture too is very diverse. What is happening in this particular community could be different from the other community. So we are also actually not looking at this issue single-handedly, but we are looking at it holistically and also looking at the cultural differences among people that we can address, not to infringe upon their cultural uniqueness and their culture, should I say, dimensions and their culture independence. 
Because, yes, I know the marginalized are there in the community and there are issues of LGBT and those things all happening in the country and so on and so forth. These issues are, are issues that I think when we get to some aspect of our, our engagement, probably the opportunity is there. I will look at it our perception. We still need to work on it because the percentage is still below the performance bar as a professional as I speak. Um, because you could even meet some people, they might, you may think they know something much about mental health and all that you could see is that they still need some information on mental health. So a lot still needs to be done. And people don't actually take their brain health seriously, but they've forgotten that the human brain actually controls the entire universe and the entire body because it is your brain that even made us to communicate at this point in time, make us to link up with each other, making me to even speak words that our viewers and listeners will be listening. It is from the brain, the way I articulate, the way I go to urinate, the way I eat, the way I think about issues, it is from my brain. The way my, my hair is grown from childhood to now, it is the brain that makes up. The way women develop their breast, puberty stage, men, their voice cause, all these things are regulated in the brain. But how have we protected this part of our body? about these issues more and, and research them more and research uh, and people should be talking more about what the person to commit suicide uh, and, and also be empathetic to human beings and, and I think the solution to this is, is empathy actually understanding the sufferings of that person instead of just uh, saying that they're just, um, I don't know, they have something with their spirituality or they're just not religious enough or they're criminals. It just requires us to be uh, empathetic. I think that's the most important uh, um, aspect of it. And uh, David, can you um, tell me what motivated you to uh, work in this particular initiative and uh, why you chose to work in mental health? Uh, thank you very much, and uh, this is a brilliant question, and it will also receive a brilliant and interesting response, because, yes, uh, I grew up in a community that I saw a lot from among my population as young as I was, and my interest was to always work for the masses. So... Transiting from my basic level of education to um, high school, at a senior high, I, I was that, that kind of, what do I do? Do I go into tourism? No, this and that, no. So I said, no, I need to go into health. Then I went into health. I got trained. I came back to work in the district that I was uh, born and raised. Then um, I think over a time, I had this brother who was also trained in mental health. So we began to work together in the facility. So when he's going out for his community services, I follow him. And most of the times he do send me to see some of the cases. So I can see that a lot of people who have mental illnesses are actually people that are suffering and need support. But at times when you look at who talks for them, who advocates for them, who does ABCD, even the, the family members even neglect them. So I asked myself, what can I do to be able to support? 
So when the opportunity came for me to further my education, I told my director, the director, I think I have an interest to do mental health. Then he asked me, I said, yes, I want to help the people who are in that suffering category, provide services to them at that level. And he said, okay, if that is what you want to do, approve her. Then I went. And luckily when I got there, I became a, our badge leader. I led the badge as the course rep. And I begin to look at how things work in terms of policy at the school level there. Then I graduated. Then I also got to know that my professional category needs to be organized. I spoke to the senior colleagues in the profession and we got ourselves together. So when we got ourselves, because of how I led the processes and also how we have been engaged to leadership, we went for our first selection and I told them that I have the interest to contest and lead the association. And I was um, endorsed and voted for as the first national president, of which I am still. And uh, I have been in space for some years now. We are looking at going for another elections, uh, probably end of this year or early next year. And this is how, so immediately I became in that sphere of leadership and also looking at how practices working at a very remote area. And then I said, wow, if I can travel to all parts of the country and still come back here, then something can be done for my people in terms of mental illness. So I can quickly call you can quickly walk to your office and demand that we want to do ABCD. How can you support? This is our mental health budget. This is this and that. And in fact, I have called for meetings in my sub-district where the church leaders, where the health team, where the team. Mental health talks. And they get to understand why their husbands behave some way why they should even take care of their children, why they should prioritize their mental health. So actually, I saw myself as somebody who must be selfless to the community. That drove me into mental health. And uh, I can say that on the uh, continent of Africa and also in Ghana, I have stood to the core to ensure that I talk about mental health wherever I get the opportunity. And I have stood by that. That is why I got in contact with your organization. I always want to network. I always want to work together with people, begin to share ideas and see how best issues uh, get solved for the community at large. My focus has been the community. That is why I did community mental health. And I am envisaging to even do my influence in public health mental health or community mental health. The area is very interesting. And I want to remain in it. Probably if support will come from somewhere, I'll do some policy. I've just applied for some policy programs and stuff. If I get funding from any organization, I'll go for the for policy. And I want to become a very big person who will be championing policy advocacy, drafting of mental health policy and bills. This is my focus, which can change lives. This is what I am envisaging to do. And actually looking at that particular initiative and direction, I must be interested in what I do at the community and understand the community. Having that interest, then I must build myself as a professional. I must get all the apps and be able to get into the, the practice of um, ensuring that I provide mental health services to my people at life. So, dear Habiba, I think this is why I have chosen that path and I will continue to be in that path and even I will even choose more, um, shall I say, uh, parts that are mental health oriented because I see mental health to be 
an area of need, an area that every single person should be involved, an area that whether you are a president or you are a voter, whether you are a clinician or you are a mechanic, it is needed. Whether you are a man or you are a woman, a youth or a child, you are involved. A Muslim or a Christian, a traditionalist or a Buddhist, you must be involved. That is why I am contributing my quota that my stay on earth, I want to be remembered for mental health and nothing else. It's very inspiring that you, you make yourself accessible for any kind of person who needs uh, mental health uh, as said, whether it's a religious person, whether it's a um, traditional person, liberal person, young person, any anyone you make yourself uh, accessible and available for your people, as you said, which is very beautiful, my people. Um, and uh, on that note, can you uh, say a message for someone who is listening right now to... Uh, who's struggling and listening to their podcast what what yes so yes um anybody that is listening to us now on this platform i just want that person to uh understand that there is no human being without challenges and those challenges that we face in life are temporary they are never permanent but in as much as they are temporary it is upon you to look at your whole human as somebody who can be a solution to those problems that you are encountering or challenges. So where does the solution of the problem start from? It starts from our brain. So you should be able to psychic yourself and understand that what I'm going to probably, it could be your financial problems, your relationship problems, it could be probably so your sickness or education, probably some failures in your exam and those things. Yes, all these things are temporal. So see yourself as somebody who is a victor, but besides, you must be able to table down your issue of concern and look at what is the available solution at your doorstep. So I am encouraging you out there that the challenges and the struggles you are going through never opt for the worst situation for your human body, but wish for good. Because when you wish for good, good will surely come by your way. And always ensure that you eat because the fuel in our body is the nutrient. I know people could be struggling now to get food and stuff, but the opportunity you get to get food, try to eat. And also, when you are looking at the struggles you are going through and you want to actually assess those struggles, they have a fundamental cause. When those fundamental causes are identified, I always tell my client that I mean that, what do you think it is causing the struggle? A client will say, oh, I think it was when I got a divorce, or it was when I failed my exam. Yes, so immediately you got to, uh, to know or identify that this was actually the cause of my struggle. Then the solution is actually working your way. So we will now come and ask you, what do you think you can do in your own capacity? If you are on the board, we will tell you the available opportunities that are there for you. So I am encouraging them all that 
if you find yourself in any situation, we have all been faced by situations before that you go to a point that you nearly gave up. But because you have this uh, optimum, optimal mental health, you were very ready to tell yourself that, no, I must be strong. And you must be strong. It's not lifting your arms and your chest, but it is from your brain. You must tell your brain that, no, me, David, I can do it. If this person has done it, I can also do it to achieve that um, status. And you should be able to set your target in any struggle you find yourself to overcoming that struggle. So probably, either by exam failure, you look at going back to write your papers or probably changing to a different profession. These are the things that we have to look at. Are you frustrated at work? Does your boss give you problem? Do you have a disciplinary committee? Somebody you can talk to to talk to your boss? Females are always harassed at work and those things. Yes. So in this way, and there are struggles that are happening. In this way, when you find the problem or the challenge out there, the solution will work your way. And the solutions are not solutions which we will be importing if you are in any struggle, but they are the solutions that are readily before us. Let's identify the challenge, let's look at the options, and let's look at where we can find support. Never hesitate to walk to any mental health unit to be. Yes, some of means they are weak. No, they say you are a victor, you are stronger than those who are even at home. So the struggle is temporary. The solution to overcoming that struggle is what we are looking at for it to be permanent. And whatever caused that problem, you shouldn't go or revisit it again. Yes, so this is all that I want to assure our listeners that they should look out for that. For struggles, they will come for human beings will automatically face even big nations have been economic crunch. There is so much things that they have been hit by tsunamis, earthquakes, and those things, uh, fire outbreaks, and so on and so forth. But at the end of the day, they got back to their feet. People go for elections and they lose and they are struggling with their mental health. People go for contests. People do investment and they lose all their investment. And it, actually, I was a victim of an investment loss, yes. And it has to take me time to recover. It wasn't small money, but uh, over time, I got to know that it isn't money, but it is myself. Because the money was my entire years of work. I was putting to do a project and everything just went to a crash. I said, wow, what do I do? And I, I can't even sleep at night. So I just told myself, I spoke to my brother, and he told me, mind you, maybe if you are died, dead by now, who will come and use that money? Let's look at the possible means. I started all over again. And now I am very careful to do some investments. Yeah. So this is all that I want to tell her. They automatically, human beings face struggles and problems, challenges. So when those challenges hit us, we should shoulder them and tell them that we are part those challenges and we can work on them with our brain. Very cool at with our brain functioning enough, with our brain not destabilized, but with our brain leading us to finding the solution at the end of the day. So struggle and challenges are inevitable. They're a fact of life, but they're only temporary. Uh, and the solution is in our brain, and we have to be aware of the causes and, and just look what options we have to seek help maybe i can talk to a family member
maybe I can see um, a sheikh or a pastor, maybe I can talk to a teacher or mental health and, and try to work on issues. Uh, uh, as you have worked uh, on your issues and your financial problems and you were able to see kind of a positive um, outlook on what happened to you and, and you learned, you, you learned to be cautious for uh, your financial decisions, uh, which is inspiring. Tackle stigma around mental illness and just normalize talking about mental health issues. So you you currently want to look at stigmatization and mental health. If I I, I hear you right. Yes. Thank you, Habiba and. Yes, this is an interesting subject. I think it can take a whole discussion for a whole day. So, in as much as there are mental illnesses, automatically stigma and mental illness, they are like twin brothers in some of the cultures we find ourselves. So, stigmatization is happening everywhere that we find some persons having mental health problems. Ah, so I want to say that in our scope and our practice, we are seeing persons that have mental illness being stigmatized. And I want our viewers and listeners to know that uh, stigmatization does not come by just shunning the person, go, go, go. Some relationship-wise, <laughs> like the way you used to be close to the person because of he saw her mental health problem. Now you are separated or you separated yourself from the person. You are stigmatizing the person. So the way you used to assist the person in terms of his food, in terms of his clothing, because of his mental problem, now you have taken yourself off. Some, the way you used to go along with him, move to places to engage yourself in terms of uh, social life, you take yourself off, you are stigmatizing the person. So emotional stigmatization and so on and so forth, it comes in various forms. So you can see that it could not be only the physical, but emotional and other, other aspects that we don't actually communicate, but they are happening. And some too, they, they actually do attack the persons with mental health problems. In fact, I got into contact with some people who were actually um, beating somebody that whatever the, the, the person sees, the person picks it. So they didn't know that I have already seen this person at some point in time. Then I walked to the guy and said, no, don't beat him. He didn't understand. I cannot also tell him at that point that he's a client because he has a right. So I have to call him and tell him that I want to care of him. So all this that is happening, he's not doing it under his normal realm. So they should allow him. He said, well, I said, no. At times, some of the mental illnesses can. Yeah. Uh, David, are you here?
Sorry, sorry. Um, so, hope you can hear me. Yeah. So, sorry, I think it was some network challenge. So, yes, um, what I'm saying is that not only beating the patient, so when they were doing this to this client, as I, I was speaking, I called a guy who is also educated enough, and he understood me. I said, yes, some of the mental health problems are seen in that aspect, whatever they see, they pick, and they don't use it for anything, and they can be seen in some conditions. So they, and they understood me, you see. So actually, uh, have this attack stigmatization, we must tackle it head on and let our community members aware that everybody has somebody with mental illness. You see, one out of four will suffer from mental illness in their lifetime. So in your home, before all of you will leave this step, somebody will get mental health problems. So the way you treat somebody today will be the way they treat you tomorrow. So when we let them understand this way, they, they, we are also looking at how best we can make a policy for stigmatization and destigmatization. And when these policies are made and people are stigmatized, I think if there are some laws binding that, it will help us. So as a nation, in terms of stigma, I can say we still have a long way to work on, just like I said about our perception. And uh, I am speaking from a professional point of view that for some people, not supposed to do this to persons with mental health problems. Uh, they, they just take everything for a ride. And this must be uh, worked on. And we are doing our education. So all our professionals are doing is that wherever you give a mental health talk, you add stigmatization against mental illness. How they will be able to accept these people in the community. So we ask them, your, your brother having a problem, your mom, your dad, your sister, if he was the most richest man in the community, would you give him to somebody? They say, oh, no, 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 no. I say, okay. Would you be beating him every morning? No, 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 no. Would you let him suffer at the peril of the community? No, 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 no. You say, okay. Then so far as he's having this problem, it is better you also team up and help him out of the problem. Then they'll say, it is true. I say, yes. Because whoever is suffering today was once better yesterday for you. And some of them even help the community at the end of the day. And they shouldn't say that, look, mental illness does not mean that you cannot function. No. When we put you on right um, treatment, not only medication, coaching and stuff, they are going to function in one area or different areas altogether. And some are doing best there. Because we are foreseeing that we engage our persons with mental health problems to be able to get integrated into whichever job they want. I know some of our mental uh, clients that are actually into carpentry, that are doing painting, and they are doing well. At least some money will come home. And money, even if money is not there, even if you claim you are normal, of which it will be very hard to ascertain because we must do an evaluation to know whether you are actually normal at the moment. If you don't have money to get a few stars, you become unstable in your mind. And it could lead you to any other thing. So even money or financial freedom and mental illness too is also another issue that we have to look at. Because this person is vulnerable, he does not have money, he cannot contribute, 
you are telling him he's not part of it. No, he can find him. Let's treat him and help him and to get back to the community work for the family. And you know, for mental illness, I always tell my 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 uh, people I engage that the community and the family members are the first point or the first people to know that hmm, something is happening to David. The way David used to bath, the way he used to talk, the way he used to associate, the way he used to engage us has changed. The way David removed the shirt and walked now, he doesn't care that. No. We think something is wrong here. So it's even a plan that through the community, politically, have identified that there is a problem this person is facing. So you must all rally behind and support the person now. So this is what some of us are doing. We are educating them to de-stigmatize mentality. We want to de-stigmatize, de-stigmatization. And we will surely get there. We know it's hard, but it needs resources and our commitment, dedication, and also we need our policy makers and stakeholders to join us at every level of engagement because we are all involved in this particular struggle to working at this issue to get it resolved. I agree. It's the um... Is the responsibility of the community, hospitals, uh, government to provide uh, an environment that allows people to be functional and uh, and um, and healthy. And so you can't blame a person for having a mental issue when the environment itself is not providing the right treatment of it to make that person be able to engage in their community. So uh, it's also the responsibility of the community to, to provide these services. Um, I agree and uh, thank you for this very inspiring talk and for shedding light on very important issues, uh, not only in Ghana, but uh, around the world. Um, and I'll end this uh, with a very uh, fun and interesting question, David. Um, so, what is a meal that you would like to eat uh, every day of your life? I don't know. Will you get some for me right now? <laughs> okay, so my everyday meal that I get, I'm okay, is um, fufu which we use um, cassava and plantain or cassava and yam, then light soup and tilapia, fresh one from the river. Yes, and you prepare that for me with light soup. I'll be okay with it. No, give me a big bowl, I'll finish it for you. Yeah. What? <laughs> what people is? Yeah, I mean, we pound it. We pound a fufu that is plantain with uh, cassava or cassava with yam or plantain with yam, yes. Then uh, when it's prepared, I, I, I get it with light soup and also tilapia as the fish, joining the, the other two brothers, you know. <laughs> Perfect. Um, and uh, thank you very much. And uh, can you end with, a, with some advice for the listeners? Yes, uh, my advice to the listeners is that they should all prioritize their mental health because when you wake up every morning, 
your responsibility to yourself is to go work, come home healthy. But besides that, a lot of things must happen around along and so on and so forth. So your nutrition, your food, should never be taken for granted. If you are supposed to eat, you must eat. And I don't even think you are supposed to. It is mandated that you eat because it is the nutrients that actually helps us to go on. And the human brain needs enough nutrients to be able to work. So you must not starve yourself. And if you don't starve, and whenever you have any mental health challenge, don't hesitate to go to any mental health professional for support. I also want to plead with the organization that these issues on suicide and attempted suicide, if we can actually write to the UN General Assembly, yes, then they will invite us. And even if I'm invited, I'll be happy to come and present this issue, why we need to decriminalize attempted suicide. Because when you look at the two issues, someone struggling to end it all, then you feel guilty the person. Are you providing some support there at the uh, prisons? No. So it's like we are throwing a lot of people that have been given an opportunity into the jail, and a lot of them are suffering there. They come back still problems. And within three years, we hear that they are gone. They will surely complete the act. So we are pleading that stakeholders, government, institutions, and organizations will join hands. I was just looking at all the countries that attempted suicide still uh, criminalized, and in fact, it's a number of them, of which Ghana is no exception. So we must still work around that particular subject and ensure that UN, uh, all the global chapters of uh, globalization and stuff, that is the African Union, the Asian community, the United Arab Emirates community and so forth, all these countries should come together and work at ensuring that our people, we are, we are, we are for the people. So we must make the, create the enabling environment for the people. And if we create an enabling environment for the people, you are creating it for yourself. You might think that you are not suffering today because you are at the helm of purpose, everything is okay. But it does not take time for somebody to, to fall from zero to zero yet because of some mental health problems. And thank you very much. Uh, God bless you. And uh, also to my mental health professionals in Ghana, uh, congratulations for giving me the opportunity to members of World Mental Health Forum. Uh, a very big thank you. And to those who have joined the campaign for decriminalization of attempted suicide in Ghana and around the African continent, I thank you all. And also, we will... Uh, ...come September 1 to 10th, um, October, because we are looking at these two days. Suicide Prevention Day, 10th September 2021, and the World Mental Health Day, 10th October 2021. So we want to actually work within that uh, time frame and see how best we can work at this issue. Thank you very much until we talk again. This has been your, your guest, David Nabwari, speaking all the way from Ghana. Until we talk another time, God bless you and your organization, Habiba. I am most grateful. And to all friends out there, in fact, there is one person in Egypt, your youth, President, I think uh, Abdul Fattah or something like that. We have been talking online. Greetings to him. He's in the youth department. Yes, a doctor. He's a doctor. In fact, you extend my greetings to all the youth in Egypt. I am most grateful that we are having you here. We are one people with a common destiny. Let us not discriminate among ourselves. Let us champion the cause of human development and our society will be a better place for us today and tomorrow. Thank you very much. 
thank you, uh, David, for your wonderful message and for your initiative and hard work to uh, decriminalize uh, attempted suicide in Ghana and also uh, around the world. So thank you very much. Thank you too.